to another episode of Creationship Goals. Today we have Amanda Ryan Clark. She is a, well, actually, would you like to introduce yourself and kind of- Oh, I was so curious as to what you think my job is. <laughs> I was, yeah. <laughs> um go for it let's see what see what, what okay. you think what you think you, my deal is you do improv you do mm-hmm. stand up you do well you do improv and stand up and you teach kids improv yes i don't yes. know how that's... but you do like yeah that actually that's yeah all i know you teach yeah there you improv. go yeah, I mean, it's all, very, they're very weird, but it's it's very fun and refreshing. Um, yeah, so I am a, a comedy performer, I suppose, as well as a writer. Um, I uh, came out to LA to um, pursue comedy, and the dream is to be paid to be funny. So that's sort of what, what I do. But I also am a little bit of an artist. I like doodle here and there. Um, and other than that, just general creative I got a TikTok, you know, TikToks yeah. are real popular these days. Um, uh, but that's 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 about it. So all sorts of things. <laughs> that's amazing. What kind of got you started in that? What, where did you find this knack for creativity? I mean, if you were to go back to you as a little kid, what kind of brought <laughs> that, that whole process? Yeah, totally. Honestly, um, creativity like in particular not just like comedy in general um I have like a deep passion for um I actually like when I was young and like uh probably fourth or fifth grade um I did something called destination imagination have you ever heard of that no, it might have been. It's definitely it's definitely an American thing. And it might okay, be okay. like, so yeah, so, sorry, I don't know if you have it where you're from. Um, <laughs> California. <laughs> it's so poor, you know. <laughs> um, no, but it's this like, it's literally also Odyssey of a Mind is another version of it where it's just this creativity competition um, where you, a bunch of kids from all over schools, they have uh, uh, schools like in your state or your area, right? They have, um, there's like teams of five or six and they have like eight different challenges. And each year the challenge is slightly different, but um, each challenge you so, like revolves around like building something or like performing something or like um, basically using your imagination. Um, and it's super cool. And it, that was the first time it like forced me to like flex a muscle about like being like outside of the box. And um, there were like theater um, competitions, but the competition that I did first was like improv based. Um, and I think creativity it's or, like improv is so steeped in creativity and like obviously because you're literally like making a world for yourself um and destination imagination was also cool because they would also have like mini challenges as well that like you were like like you could the main one we competed in was the improv one but they would also have many challenges that you didn't know what was coming and it would be like build the tallest tower out of lasagna noodles or like you know like um make you know like a bridge that can hold like so many things and they give you all these different supplies and uh like a certain time limit and so like uh i remember specifically going to like practices for that and being like oh man first of all having so much fun and the first time like being forced to think outside of the box was like my the mom who was running it giving me a cup and saying what is this and I was like it's a cup and they're like okay next person what is this and we couldn't repeat and you had to just be like it's I don't know a hat like it's a listening device like it's like Uh and just like 
being so like, all right, but like, what's a different way that you can look at that and like deconstruct the world that's around you and break it down to its parts and then rebuild it. And what do you have, you know? And so that was the first time that I personally started to like really get a knack for creativity and improv. And so that's sort of where I started, I guess. So that's really been around like since the beginning. I mean, how old were you when you did that? Um, probably eight or nine or so, you know. So. Is this just open to eight or nine year olds or can like a 24 year old do it if they want to? Because it sounds really fun. <laughs> it's definitely like a school extracurricular thing where it's, um, you are, it's definitely, they, they divide it between like elementary schools, middle schools, high schools. And I think they do have a college level, but by the time you're in like high school, college, like there's like almost nobody who's competing. Um, my, uh, I will say the first year that we did it, we went to state um, and we competed at the the state level. Um, and it was very fun. I think it was a bit of a fluke. I mean, rewatching it, I was like, wow, this is really good. This was not, it was not consistent with what we like normally did. <laughs> um, and when we got to state, it was like, oh, right, we're a, we're a handful of weirdos but it definitely like inflated our egos for a bit and then the next year we did it it just didn't, didn't even go on it was like in that era when like random was funny you know but it oh, wasn't yeah. actually you yeah. know like it was like we had this like talking evil muffin and we we're like this is the this is comedy gold and it, th that was not the case um so <laughs> But I hear, I hear a secret message underneath there, uh, Josh. Uh, and I hear that you really want to pursue something here. Uh, you want oh, it to sounds amazing. preschoolers on a creative project, I hear. Um, I would join the preschoolers and do improv with preschoolers. Well. <laughs> oh, absolutely. How does, I mean, that's my job now. Yeah, <laughs> talk about your job a little bit. We don't have to talk about it a lot. Yeah. But is, is yeah. it like that where you're doing exercises like that with kids? I mean, a little bit. It's like, um, I am very blessed. It's funny because I told Jesus about a year ago, um, about two years ago, actually, I got this like really cool job that I loved. I was working for a very popular internet comedy company and I like felt like like a hot potato you know I was like oh my yeah. gosh this is this is the best like I um like this is where I want to be because like I'm a funny person and ultimately I'm going to go into comedy and I'm going to like write sketches and stuff um and it was interesting going to that job and like loving the idea of that job but then like being there and being very uncomfy there and like being like, I feel like I am very restricted in a, a very small cog and like a pretty big like machine and just not really feeling like close to anybody there. Um, and that kind of sucking, especially because I was in, uh, I was a, a PA, which is like one of the like lower level things. So I was like running around working super hard and like the people who I felt like more of a kinship to were like the writers. Um, mm -hmm. And, but they very much so kept us kind of separated and like, I don't know, that just, I was like, when I got that job, my, my, first of all, my jaw dropped to the floor because it was a hundred percent of Jesus thing. I didn't yeah. apply for it. I literally just like did a random job. The assistant director liked me and then brought me on to a thing. And I was at a community night. This was in like 2019. Um, and I was like, oh man, I have a call at 5 a.m. tomorrow morning. I can't stay up and worship. This is such a bummer. I got to go to bed. And then I'm like looking at my email being like, okay, like where's this location that I'm going to? And up at the top, it says like 
can I say it? Would that be weird for me to say like exactly what it is? I don't want to, I don't want to like, <laughs> no, go for um, it. Go for it. Yeah, go. Okay. It. it was like at the top, it was like college humor. Um, like this building, blah, 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 5am. And I was like, what? College humor? Cause I had literally been watching their videos. Like since yeah. I came to LA being like, I could do this. This is right here, you know? Um, and then, so like coming back in and they're having like a deep, meaningful conversation about like what it means, blah, blah, blah. And me just being like, guys, I just got my dream job, you know, freaking <laughs> out about it um and then being really excited obviously I still like loved going to that building and like driving through Hollywood feeling like everyone wanted my attention you know because there's huge billboards um right. being like for your consideration so I got this job at College Humor and I like loved it um but then as I started going I was like increasingly disappointed and like oh man this isn't everything that I thought it was going to be mm. um and I was actually it was really a blessing because it ended up getting to a point where I didn't have to like be let go by them because I made a couple of mistakes that I'm like not proud of um or 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 slash I also didn't have to decide to quit on my own from this like dream because college humor itself kind of had to fire everybody basically um at the end of 2019 they had this huge like holiday party that was like everybody was like drinking and having fun and it was like because it was basically their end of the world party and we knew we weren't coming back after the break um and so after that I was like okay well god I know that you put me out here to pursue comedy and like to do this thing and like I've, I've been saying from the get-go like my dream is just to be paid to be funny and honestly Jesus like I want to be doing improv all the time like that is being paid to do improv all the time. That's what I want to be doing. Um, and I met this person. Um, this was like March. First of all, after the college humor ended, I was like super depressed and then had like some personal stuff that was going on that just made it even worse. So like all of like Valentine's of 2020 for Amanda was like a hot mess, just like not good. Um, and then I uh, met this random person from evergreen church which is the church that our roommates danielle and um a couple people from the culver house go to um and uh this person was like oh yeah i like to connect christians in the industry with like mentors who are also christians in the industry um it was like a random event we had like gone to like a movie theater and i like met this girl on a whim literally my friends didn't even stay there to see the movie i just did because i was like i don't know might as well um and like got connected with her and i was like oh my gosh this is jesus like this is amazing she's gonna be like my golden ticket to like do it which is what i thought college humor was i was like this is my golden ticket to like be a creator blah 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 um and then so she was like okay what do you want to do? And I was like, well, I kind of want to direct, but I also really like acting and I'm a production designer. So blah, 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 blah. And she was like, you need to focus. You need to pick one thing and you need to do, do that. And I was like, okay. So I sat down the next day and wrote her like a 1200 word email about like, I've decided to do improv and that's all I'm going to do. And in the meantime, I might work a couple of gigs, but like, all I want to do is like improv and then like move up through there. Um, that was on like March, 14th 15th of uh 2020 uh and then I was like great okay cool I figured out my life I'm gonna drive Postmates so that I can like support myself um and then everything shut down and I was like awesome <laughs> um, uh, yeah exactly so and but I literally told Jesus I was like I want to be doing improv all the time like that is my dream and then they're like actually you're going to be doing improv none of the time um uh, and so I was like okay um, so, and it was 
actually kind of a relief to like have that pressure taken off of me. And also with without a comedy scene, I was just like, okay, well, I don't have like used to be like every night of the week if I wanted to like refine my craft I would have to force myself to go to a like evening uh like comedy jam or like an open mic to do practice my stand-up um and those weren't happening anymore and live comedy on the internet is garbage it's awful I hate it I wish it didn't exist (laughs) um (laughs) terrible um but so basically I was like okay well I guess I'm just gonna have to write all of the time um now and I literally I I had myself do a thing called script timber um where I wrote a script every day in September I I could tell you more about that but I just am now remembering that this question was originally about my job with kids so I'm gonna (laughs) tie it back (laughs) um uh so it was basically I wrote a ton of stuff and because I all I had was myself at that point, you know, as like just me and Jesus. And I was like, okay, all right, well, I guess I'm actually going to be using this time to like, just, just create as much content as I can. And then I took the really good stuff and submitted it to festivals. And I was like, okay, Jesus, you've demonstrated that you don't want me to really be searching for an actual job during this time. But I just submitted stuff to festivals, which is one of my goals. And that was expensive. So I'm going to need a job now. And literally that day, Um, my friend hit me up and she was like, Hey, are you free to work every Saturday at the studio that I'm in? And you would be engaging in an hour of imaginative play with three-year-olds. And I was like, heck yeah. Um, (laughs) So that was really, really cool. And so essentially I started working with that studio and it's just like um it's like a little black box theater with a couple of like dance rooms attached to it in the south bay um and parents bring their kids to do stuff and it's weird right now because of covid um they have to have fewer kids and everybody has masks and it's just like really weird but basically um like i said my three to five year olds i engage in an hour of imaginative play um uh, which is goofy um my five to 10 year olds, they're doing Moana. Um, and so I'm teaching them all the songs and the dances and we're going to perform at the end of their semester. Um, and then my, I ha- also have a couple of classes of 11 to 12 year olds who are um, doing uh, like I'm teaching improv and sketch comedy and acting classes too. And so that's super duper fun. And they, that studio actually was really cool. And um actually made those classes for me like they didn't have them before um and so now I'm getting to teach these children and it's fun I was introduced to playing these games and it's so it's really a nice full circle thing for me to like now be sort of having a hand in like what was so formative in my life you know and so that's cool wow that's great yeah yeah, I, I love that. I love what you were able to learn throughout that whole process. And this mm-hmm. this big, huge thing that I'm sure was wonderful being working at somewhere like College Humor to mm-hmm. coming back to doing basically what you grew up doing is actually the thing that is benefiting you right now. Yeah, um, it's interesting. It's interesting, too, because I very much so know that this is not this, this is temporary. And yeah. I mean, God fulfilled, like, he, he gave me what I asked for, which is like, I am getting paid to do improv all the time right now. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, not at all what I expected it to look like. But um, 
oh, I wish I had it with me. I found it in my journal recently. Like, um, here's the thing, Amanda, is that like, you like surprising people and you love comedy or sorry, you like blessing people and you like comedy. And the common thread through both of those is surprise, like being surprised by a blessing, being surprised by a punchline. That is like what makes both of those things work really well. So that is what is going to happen with like Jesus providing for you is like, you are going to delight in the surprise. Um, you're, there's, you're not going to see it coming. And so that's increasingly what I've learned is that it's not going to look like what I expect it to look like where I'm like, God, okay, I need like an entry level job at like a successful comedy company so that I can start being a part of that. Instead, he's like, no, first of all, it's just going to be different than you expect it to. And also like, it's just, I don't know. It's just weird. He'll just be like, go play with the kids. And I'm like, okay, forever. And he's like, no, for now, but go and have fun. Like, and I'm like, okay um that's great and it's just really really lovely so that's been great uh it's interesting how uh when we ask god to do stuff like that that it's always in a way yeah. that for some reason it makes us uncomfortable uh, even yeah. though it is exactly tailored to what we love to do or mm -hmm. you know where you mm -hmm. say but this is not what i want this is not what exactly. i'm seeking you know mm -hmm. and then it's like because it yes yes this is what you were seeking it's just mm -hmm. you don't know this was what you were seeking and mm -hmm. this like above all this was something that you needed like oh absolutely you may not have seen that but actually like this is necessary for you now you may have mm -hmm. an ambition but mm -hmm. i see somewhere where you have an area of growth and i want to use that so let's exactly. combine the two you know yeah maximum efficiency god is a god of efficiency even though we exactly not always like it in that way you know? yeah exactly now it's so good and it's also really cool to like know that he's not done with me in performing like he knows how much like I love that and he is blessing me with an opportunity to like do good right now and do what I love and also not for nothing like learning how to teach kids improv is a very marketable skill for the rest of my life I could pretty much waltz into like any studio in Texas and being like hello I'm your improv teacher now like I worked in Hollywood thank you you know and so it's like it's this interesting thing that like oh I'm getting more and more security to like see a future to sustainably do the thing that I love um, as opposed to just like stepping out in faith, like cluelessly just being like, all right, well, I guess I like writing. So I'll write a script. Now I have a script. What do I do with it? You know? And so it's, it, and, and that being so, I don't know, it's, it's, I think making money is like one of the biggest, most stressors for creatives, honestly. Um, because like, and that's honestly why this past year was such a blessing because I qualified for unemployment. And without that, like, you have to be making money. You have to be like, um, like winning, like putting food on your own table or whatever. I was so much more stress-free and it was able to create such beautiful things and like actively spend time to be like, all right, without this, because there's, there's no jobs to be had right now. So I'm going to still be productive, but like I, it was so freeing, honestly, to, you know, not be constrained by like dollars. And if there was any doubt that I was supposed to be here before and in Los Angeles, I mean, it was completely like, like 
destroyed by 2020. I found so much provision for me in the most unexpected ways where it was just like my church or like my parents or like just random things like coming together to pay my rent for like eight out of 12 months last year. Like it was, it was insane. Um, the amount that like I, that Jesus is like, trust me, you are supposed to be here and I will make a way for that to happen. Um, and like, you can stress out about it. You can sit around and be like mad at yourself for not applying to enough jobs or like depressed because like X, Y, Z didn't work out, but like, I am going to make a way for you. And so it's been really, really lovely. You know, Good. there was something else I was going to say, but I forgot. That's great. I am wondering, like we're talking a lot, you know, you're mentioning a lot of like the word improv. Um, like many creative things, the definition of what we love is fluid. So I am really interested in what you would define to be improv for you. Yeah, yeah, totally. Well, um, have you ever... Uh, this is gonna sound, I've, I didn't want this to come off as condescending, but listening to it in my head, it might be. But have you ever like been to an improv show? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I have, I have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, no, but like for me, um, that's what I would kind of consider to be like, like the art form of improv, I guess, is like imp improvisational comedy, where like you have a group of people who will go on stage and they do a show based off of suggestions in the audience and they perform it there. Um, and then they just, you know, do um, whatever it is uh, that comes to their mind, right? Um, now, the rules of improv and like the, the skills you develop because of improv, I would also call like, improv I guess um, <laughs> um where things like um thinking creatively like use being strategic like remembering things you know listening to people yes and you know all of the like good improv rules um I think that's helpful in any aspect of like your creativity or your life to be honest um like it's just so there's a lot of things that like go into improv that make it um like that are, are useful skills. Like that's why corporate offices do like, we're going to do like an improv night, you know, and like, we're going to learn team building. And so yeah. many improv games are also yeah. team building games. Mm -hmm. um, it's because it helps you develop those um, interpersonal connections. It helps you become like gain confidence in yourself in the moment, like develops your public speaking skills. It's, it's great. It's so helpful. But mm. what I've just been discovering is improv is not, everything and there are a lot of things that are that improv does not help you develop and mm -hmm. as much as i've been heralding it as like the best thing for a while there's a ton of people who do improv who also have a lot of like shortcomings that i can see in myself and have been trying to like actively you know undo things like like consistency and commitment and following up outside of like those things that take to be a creative outside of the like flashy, I like the applause and being on stage, you know, like the nitty gritty turning this into a job. There are a ton of improv performers who are not good at that, who are not skilled at it, who just want to come together, have fun with their friends and then leave as opposed to turning it into like, okay, how do I take my creative outlet and turn it into a business even when I don't like it? How do I like, um, 
how do I continue to show up when people aren't clapping for me, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and it's very, it's very interesting. And I definitely think that's part of like growing up. You like learn as an adult, you're like, Oh, right. I have to be a grown up and do things now. And, and I don't know, improv is great, but I'm learning there is more to the world than just being like a good improv performer. You know, you have to, there's a lot of value in the structure that goes into it, you know? Yeah, I thought that too. I Is there something that you would apply to your life that you've learned from improv? Um yeah, for sure. I mean, a ton of things. Like being I'm pretty quick on my feet. Um I feel like I'm a pretty good listener. Um I love like collaboration and like working like with other people and kind of listening to like what they've got going on. Um, my storytelling is excellent, like excellent. Um, and my like sense of humor, I have, you learn to be basically how to be funny also in an interesting way. Like you realize you have to be like short and like succinct clearly. Um, and you also like, Another thing that I really love about improv is like, if something's not working, you could just bail, you can just leave. <laughs> and like, there's no harm done. Um, and so, and not to like beat yourself up over like when you go wrong, you know, and just keep moving forward and go it again, get back up on stage. Cause as soon as you're in your head about I'm bad at this for improv, you are. It's so, it's such a yeah. weird mind game. It's like, you can tell if somebody feels like they're not doing well at this, you know? And so it's interesting. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. You... I could go on and on. Go ahead. There's this that, this part where you're saying like you know that there this confidence. You are like multiple times during this like during this podcast right now. I was saying like I don't want to come over as this or that you know or like there's this part of you wanting to come out over as secure you know but also wants to communicate well and that's interesting because there's always that 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 rough line between when we were walking in pride and when we're walking in confidence. So I totally get where you're coming from in that. But at the same time, I really love, you know, I, I love blunt confidence, like people that can just say, and I'm learning that myself. I cannot do that the way you do yeah. <laughs> to just go like and say like, no, no, my storytelling, it's excellent, you know, <laughs> and just loving that, but also being humble enough with that what someone says like, no, no, it's not, <laughs> you know, that you're like, why not, you know, and just talking about it and being teachable and, there's this fine line that's always difficult, um, but I love the confidence that you're showing in that. Uh, is there somewhere that you feel like, oh, this is somewhere that actually that is like, that is a fault, you know, like you're saying like, oh, I have a confidence there, but where is it where you feel like, oh, but there's maybe where I sometimes overstep for myself, uh, where I maybe even walk in pride, you know, is there somewhere oh, where you feel that? Yes. Yeah, so it's funny because I, I'm increasingly discovering that you have to just like let yourself have wild confidence and people will believe you like it is um like I it's it's interesting there's been a couple of times now where I've had like those like coffee pick your brain moments with like people who are like in the industry right and who are you're like you're so freaking cool and like they ask you like, oh, like, what do you do? And there's been times where I've been like, oh, well, I'm just a itty bitty like assistant. Bleh. And then I get mm. really annoyed when mm. I see other people creating stuff. And I'm like, I could make something like on Amazon Prime. I'll be like, this is, this is not a good TV show. Like I could write something better than yeah. this. 
and so most recently I literally just like entered into this conversation with um uh my friend connected to me me to one of the producers of Amphibia the um it's a animated tv show on Disney plus it's sort of like it's created by one of the co-producers of Gravity Falls so that's kind of the sense nice. of humor right there okay. yeah, right. yeah yeah so I was talking to him and just off the like off the bat I was like oh yeah I wrote this pilot uh for an animated tv show and he's like oh I should connect you with somebody in development and I was like <laughs> um uh, so like literally like if I had just stuck with it it did come out kind of later that I was like greener than I actually am and like luckily he had like so much really good advice for me um but so yes it's it's interesting that you call that out you're that you're like oh you're over here saying like just wild confidence like my my storytelling is great and i will say yeah there have definitely been times where i've been humbled where i've been like oh no i thought that this was one way and i was completely wrong my entire college like application process like was was abysmal because i thought i was better than i was you know mm -hmm. and so constantly that's the other thing too is that you constantly have to improve right and you have to mm -hmm. be consistent so when you ask like oh what are some of my weaknesses I would definitely say that like um it is really committing to that structure is like hard for me and but I have been able to do it that's kind of what this past year has been about for me is like learning like oh my gosh, I'm so much sharper and so much better at this when I commit the time to practice, you know, and commit the time to work on it. Mm -hmm. And like, you can have like a knack for something, but that doesn't develop your like innate talent into a skill unless you do it over and over and over again. Like yeah. um, the cartoon that I mentioned I was writing, I am a pretty good doodler, you know, I like can like, mm -hmm. I'm pretty talented, right? But as soon as I was like, okay, I want to make an animated series, I could, it, it was fascinating to like visually see the progression of me drawing something, getting annoyed with it, drawing it again, being like, that's better. And drawing it a third time and being like, this is so much better. You know, like even just within the span of a day and then a week would go by and I would back to square one. And I was like, oh, oh, there's something into this, it too, there's something to this practice makes perfect thing that people talk about, you know? And as like a little dazzly creative, I never really like wanted to believe that was true. And I was like, no, I like thrive without structure, but you know, um, <laughs> and that's not the case at all. And so, no. but I will say, um, is that, I don't know, I, cause I don't know, I've, uh, I could get into my soapbox about this um, in particular, but it's been like my experience that like women especially will like talk down their skills and like not believe that they're talented at something uh, because they don't want to come off as like too much basically, mm -hmm. you know? And so like, I remember times when I should have been like given a raise or like I should have like been able to do actually things or like act asked to do something but people didn't because like I cut my own self off at my knees. And so I'm learning to just kind of adopt the like wild confidence of like, uh, honestly, the, the, I, I saw a post on the internet that was like, what, how would your life change if you just adopted the wild confidence of a mediocre white man? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I approve that. <laughs> exactly. And I was just yeah. like, you know what? Yes, if I just like, 
decide that I am good at this stuff because I am, because I meet so many people. Oh, stand up especially was mm-hmm. so good for me in that regard, where I would go to stand up shows and I would watch people and I would be like, these people are not talented. These are not, or like, not, no, that, not that they're not talented, but like me being like, why am I getting in my own way and like not letting myself thrive mm. while this person is up on stage, like, um, like telling bad jokes and not being nearly as funny as I feel like I would be in that situation. And it's because they just decided that they were good and talked to the right people and talked about themselves. Like they were, they were that talented, you know? And the other thing too, is like, I've increasingly been able to rely heavily on like God's confidence too. I think that's the difference now between where I am now and where I was before. Like I, used to be like oh me and my talent and my skill that's what's going to get me far and now it's so much more like no god has blessed me with gifts and i am going to use those and god is going to use me and put me in situations so like i know i can handle this and so it's interesting it's interesting it's kind of the opposite of the coin of the imposter syndrome that people talk about you know so yeah because they're especially when we're talking about things like faith and trying to be like you know being so super humble it is like it is almost an excuse to talk down your gifts uh trying to be as you know mm-hmm. oh, yeah, no 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 it's not about me well actually you know the thing that you do actually involves 100 percent you especially when mm-hmm. you're standing on stage you know mm-hmm. yeah it's you you are there totally and you better accept it and so there is this i i love that because i one thing that is for me a real big thing right now is just that that idea of confidence also just by accepting like oh no but i am actually really hugely involved in my own process and it's not just saying like you know trying to give all the god the glory and trying to move myself out of the picture you know mm-hmm. but actually by union you know by unity mm-hmm. so i really mm-hmm. love what you're saying because that part of being a confident person is mm-hmm. actually like essential in walking into your calling um, mm-hmm. And I think like, you know, I was talking with Josh during the break, we really want to talk a bit also about the Hollywood scene. And I think mm-hmm. when we're talking about things like Hollywood, uh, you know, yeah. uh, if there's one egomania, you know, uh, mm-hmm. th- that's like Hollywood. And so there is this part like when <laughs> yeah. we're talking about you being a Christian within the Hollywood scene, how do you walk with that bold confidence while at the same time you know not being <laughs> walking into that egomania as we would maybe would call it how do you do for that sure. how do you pursue that for sure i mean i uh personally am just so so blessed and lucky um and this is also for the record something that i still like struggle with um yeah. but um it's funny there was before I came out to LA, there were so many people who were like, oh, you're going to hate it. You're going to blah, blah, blah. I remember being in like my dentist, like me being like, oh, I'm going to go to Los Angeles. And then being like, "Mm, you're not going to like it. And I'm like, okay, like, how would you know? (laughs) Um, And also, (laughs) obviously you don't like it. Otherwise you would be there. Like the people who liked this, they liked LA are in LA. Um, uh, And so like, I, Anyway, I went there and I was blessed that pretty immediately I found a church family that led me to a community family, which is like the the houses that we live in um, are a bunch of like people from a bunch of different churches. All love Jesus, though. Um, and then within that, finding like those relationships and those like like 
friendships and like those needs that are so necessary to living anywhere, not just in Los Angeles, but like connections with human beings. I'm blessed that a vast majority of those are all Christian relationships. And I am in like Mm. a very Christian environment. So there are so many people, there's like so many people I would hear being like, oh, everybody in LA is fake and like everything is blah, blah, blah. And I was like, that has not been my experience at all. Or it would be like, even outside of like my Christian circles, it would be people I was meeting being like, oh my gosh, you're creating this awesome thing. I'm creating an awesome thing. Like, let's do it together, you know? Mm -hmm. And I guess maybe that's just like authenticity and like love and passion, like begets authenticity, love and passion, you know, and encouragement. but so personally for me, my experience of like Hollywood, you know, has been very positive because even in uh, like, I guess what my experience of like the industry has been, I've been able to like step back and like hide in my little like, like, um, like safe place with all of my, my roommates who like all love Jesus and pour Jesus into me instead, mm-hmm. you know, uh, even when it does like hurt me. Um And so I guess like um, it, and it is very interesting to like, because like the first year, I guess that I was out here, I was freelancing like crazy. And it's interesting to see the difference between like a passion project that you're doing, like with people who all want to be there and like love it and people who are doing it for a business and like how, like how like soul crushing it is. And I will say, like, since I've been here for a while, there are definitely people who I've met who I'm like, oh, this, this is the LA that everyone was talking about, how they're fake and awful. I went to a party at one point and I was, I was the sober one, basically, and I was sitting on a couch and it was, everyone was blasted drunk. And like, I literally, the only person who like came over to me, like sat down next to me and started a conversation. I was like, Oh, what do you do? He didn't even say anything. He just like pulled up his Instagram and showed it to me. And it said like entrepreneur or something like that. And I was like, that, that is not us like engaging in a conversation. Mm -hmm. And like, it just was like, so sad to watch people just like, like freaking do coke in this Airbnb that some random group rented in the Hills, you know? And like, it was just like, oh, this is sad. This is the brokenness that like people come and see here. Mm -hmm. And I am very blessed to have not been a part of that. And Mm -hmm. pretty much exclusively the people who I work with and the people who I um, get to create with, like love the process itself, you know? And so it's interesting. And I will say, and again, not to get back up on my like feminist soapbox, Um, but like, it is also interesting being like a face, I guess, in, um, like, and having, like you're saying before, like me being a part of like what I'm creating, um, and witnessing like, I guess the like internet and like, um, like commodification of like, like how a person looks like and that being so much stronger here than like anywhere else that I've lived. Um, like basically people in LA are hot. That's let me, let me expound on that. Um, <laughs> um, uh, it partially it's the sunshine, obviously partially it's just a culture of like being healthier, which is great eating better, you know, working out more cool, but also 
if you go too far into that direction, it also gets to like, well, my face has to look this symmetrical or else I won't get followers or I won't get money mm. or like, oh, I have to like, if I am not like absolutely perfect, like this celebrity is who has been aired brushed, like has a team of stylists and like makeup people and like everybody behind them to like look like that, then like I am not like worthy. And like, it has been very interesting. Like I feel super blessed that like I I guess like looks is like um something obviously that it, I mean is is not my only thing that I value about myself you know and there's like a lot of people out here who that is the case you know and there's uh, a lot of people who like will pay a lot of money to fix tiny thing insignificant things because there is this culture of like oh, if you don't like it, like, don't live with it, fix it, you know, and that's going to be like looking prettier is ultimately going to be the thing that like makes you happy. And that just feels really unhealthy and heartbreaking for me. Mm -hmm. And I have kind of come to this realization also with when I was saying like, oh, my story tales are really great or like the wild confidence before like, I've kind of come to this terms with like attractiveness where it's like, there's always going to be somebody who's prettier than me. And there's always going to be somebody who is not as pretty as me, you know? And it's just like, it's this wild spectrum. And so there are always going to be people who are funnier than me. There are always going to be people who are like richer than me. There are always going to be anything that I want to be. There's going to be somebody who's more. And so it's, it's hard because it becomes very easy to start comparing yourself you know, mm -hmm. um, which was a thing that I was thinking about, um, not to give away too much, Josh, but you were asking me before, like, oh, who's somebody who really inspires you, right? Mm -hmm. um, I realized I was like, as far as like creators go, I have to be very careful with who I like allow to inspire me because of that comparison thing, you know, where it's like, oh, this person is the same age as me and they have 5 million followers on YouTube and they're so funny. And like, I could do that if um, like I wanted to. Right. Um, but like that comparison, ultimately not being a motivator at all. Um, it, what really actually motivates me is people seeing me for who I like who God sees me as I could be you know who's like mm. oh like wow you're mm. you've got you've got x y and z that like Jesus loves about you and I see that about you and I love that about you and me just being like thank you um and like <laughs> like really that being like okay wait yeah I can do this you know um versus like comparing yourself because ultimately it's just it's just anything that you do laterally like as opposed like when you compare yourself to other people versus like being like inwardly focused about like how have I been in the past you know will ultimately be your downfall and especially I think with looks but also with just any perspective you know so that's my thoughts on the industry. I don't know if that was the direction you're kind of going for. No, that was great. I, I know I've experienced that with, with pursuing the industry and being wanting to be this light in this very dark, depressing place that 
mm. really wants to suck all of that light out of you. And mm-hmm. you want you want to be this joy, you want to have this confidence, and then everyone is telling you to do the opposite, basically. Has that been your experience? I would say I would say I've had a lot of negative experiences. I've met a lot of negative people that are so far from the person that I want to be as a light in the industry. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. a big reason we started the podcast was to bring people that are in different ways, part of the entertainment industry, wanting to make a difference, wanting to do something special in it and wanting to do it for Jesus. Cause that's the thing. Mm-hmm. That's, that's where a lot of my confidence comes from. I think I can say that about you too, is that mm-hmm. what we get this confidence from something that's different from something that's mm-hmm. supernatural. It yeah. teaches us to look beyond ourselves mm. to not make it about us to not make it about the followers of the money like you said you're trusting you trusted god for your money and he provided you trusted god for your talent and he provided so all you can say to these people that you meet in the industry is like it's because of god it's not really by my works because there's always Mm -hmm. going to be someone better than me Mm -hmm. it's because i have god and that's something I try to constantly remind myself because I'm constantly comparing myself Mm -hmm. because I want to be like those people Mm -hmm. that I see. Mm -hmm. You know, in in, in a certain way, it's also like, you know, we as people within life, we think that our works are our end. You know, we think like if we want to go somewhere, our goal will be that what we can do. Well, God uses his head as a means. And there's a difference uh, and I think you know you know that the typical saying you know it's a means to an end you're using something to get somewhere and God's way of like God's end goal is always different than the thing that he uses so mm-hmm. you know even though we have that talent that talent is not the end goal it's that what's yeah. being used and so mm-hmm. I really love what you're saying Josh because in the end that 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 part where we're going for is something that is infinitely more valuable uh, then you know the thing that we do uh, mm-hmm. because that's why we do it because we know that whatever is ahead of us is way better than what we have right now yeah. you know mm-hmm. and so I think like also to talk about you know to put it in perspective of bringing the kingdom of God you know on earth mm-hmm. to really manifest his presence in whatever we do our things that we do even like in that sense almost also sometimes us are a means to that end you know, mm-hmm. even though we are a part of that end as well. Mm-hmm. And so um, I, I, I really agree with you, like, you know, uh, living in a Dutch culture where uh, actually a thing like confidence, you know, is a really big thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are really confident in the things we say, sometimes too bluntly even. But what that also does is that we sometimes forget our, our just our position within the universe. You know, in the end, yeah. the things that we say, the things that we strive towards, they are all means. They are all means. Yeah. And the end that we're going towards is way, way more beautiful, you know, than where mm-hmm. we are right now. And mm-hmm. so, uh, you know, when you're saying, you know, about the podcast, it's so true. Like, we really hope that this podcast is like a, will function as a guide in some mm-hmm. way. A guide, mm-hmm. not as in, okay, Josh and I, we know what we're going towards, but more as in we're figuring it out together. And we're mm-hmm. staying together, like you said, Amanda, you know, having a community of people that will champion you. They will mm-hmm. say, like, what I see in you, that's amazing, that is great. 
that is my soapbox mm-hmm. um and i think mm-hmm. uh to yeah to really see you as well and then and see you walk in that confidence i want to champion you as well i really mm-hmm. see you walking that confidence and i really see you want to pursue something but at the same time have that grace over yourself to say let's let let it have the time that it needs you yeah know? so i really mm-hmm. see that and i want to really encourage you with that that's really beautiful and i think it's something mm-hmm. that i can learn sometimes as well and i think many more that are listening so uh, yeah yeah just really grateful to have you on here it's really amazing. yeah really thank cool. you yeah no this has been super super good and yeah like i said it's been i mean it's it's hard and i'm not gonna say that i'm like perfect um i and i literally have to like trick myself into like making stuff sometimes which is a weird part that they don't tell you about where it's like nobody everybody every single writer hates writing like they just hate it you know mm-hmm. it's like um it's it's it, it's so funny how i don't know like there's so many like uh like obstacles in this like entire like process that like making yourself another one is just like not a a good idea (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. um there's something else that I was gonna say I forgot what it was though (laughs) no this is good I I I like saying these things because it it is easier said than done to Mm -hmm. have that confidence to have that faith in yourself but I think that's that's what I constantly strive for. That's the thing that brought me out of the hell that was 2020. I mean, you even know some of the things that we all went through. Uh, and, but that, that's the thing I'm fighting for. And I see that's what you're fighting for. I see you as a resilient person that fights for that confidence that comes from God. And totally. there's nothing like it. And Absolutely. Yeah. So um to wrap it up i thought this would be really fun with you Um, okay we we like to ask like a really like fun dumb funny question at the end of the podcast just because we had totally really insanely deep conversation but with bring it on because you're good at improv uh i thought it'd be really fun to like rapid fire a bunch and for you to Uh just come up with like the first answer that comes up at the top of your head Totally. Let's go. Let's okay. go. Speed round. I'm so ready. Wait, let me get a glass of water so I can. <laughs> yes. All right. Ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Go for it. What is the weirdest animal and why? Uh, those uh, lemurs with their really big eyes and they have, because they have really big eyes. Nice. What's the best type of cheese? Uh, brie, a nice soft one with a cracker you can dip, but goat cheese is also good. Next. Okay. <laughs> That's disgusting. <laughs> it is gross. In one sentence, how would you sum up the internet? um lots of cats and porn and connections while google watches everything next (laughs) okay uh if you only had a chicken how would you use it to kill an elephant if i only had a chicken i would develop a disease within the chicken um to like uh over time to poison that chicken um that i would keep on feeding it uh like cyanide and stuff but like slowly so it still gets like really fat and tasty then i would feed the cyanide filled chicken to the elephant and then i would kill it next that's great cool very (laughs) what's the most (laughs) what's the most imaginative (laughs) insult you can come up with oh yeah, but I feel like they're 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 dark ones. Hold on. Um, 
I, I want to be like, your mom is disappointed in you. That's bad. Um, I feel like, no, I would be like, you are as I, I, I <laughs> if I had a choice between you and the dust that I sweep up into the pan in my kitchen, I would want to hang out with the dust next. <laughs> All right. What mythical creature would improve the world most if it existed? Um, teleporting kittens. Kittens you can teleport with or kittens that can teleport into your lap. Next. Okay. Um, if life were a video game, what would some of the cheat codes be? Oh, um, unlimited money. Uh, I feel like that one already has like some of it. Um, uh, Reese, uh, like, um, like health that like doubles quicker, you know, like respawning, like growing bones and stuff. Um, are we talking about like real life things? Um, or like, are you saying in my imagined world, what do I wish the cheat codes were? Uh, let's say imagined world. Imagined world. Oh, uh, again, I want to teleport. There's all the time. Okay. Um, uh, and also telekinesis would be helpful where you could like lift things without actually lifting them. Um, that, that, uh, that is nice. Yes, fast fast travel, obviously. Um, like I said, um, oh oh my gosh, if you could just have like an unlimited um, what do they call that? Where you you're holding things, what the, the your your what you carry with you, like, your inventory. Like Hermione's bag that has yes, like an yes, MS. yeah, yeah, that would be so helpful. And if it like automatically organized itself, perfect. Oh yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, that'd be oh. great. Okay, uh, last two. What? Okay, right next. What two sets of items would be the Mo okay, wait. What two sets of items would be the strangest to explain to a cashier? If you were to make oh. two different items up to a cashier, what okay, would be the I, two I, first of all, I feel like cashiers like don't even pay attention, they're just like trying let's to get see, you. Yeah, they don't. <laughs> yes, um, I think let's see. Um, that is a really good question. I want to go, I want to go like weird with it i want to say like 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 baby food and those like tiny little forks that like come with like cocktail <laughs> forks. Yeah. you know like itty bitty silverware that's what i would okay. say <laughs> all right and if you were wrongfully put into an insane asylum how would you convince them that you're actually sane and not pretending to not be sane um I think I probably, if this actually happened to me, this would be like super tragic and I probably would freak out. But like eventually I would just like, because I've had dreams like this where you've like had to convince somebody that like you're you're a real person, you know? Yeah. And, mm -hmm. um, uh, like, and I would probably just have like a very calm conversation with them and be like, hey, could I like have, could I call somebody? And I would call somebody who I would know would have my bat and say like, no, she's not, whatever. And then ultimately if they don't believe me, I would just like devise a plan to like, pretend that I'm a nurse all I need is a clipboard like and I would just like get a clipboard walk with confidence I could get out of that I could get out of that insane asylum in two seconds did I ever tell you about the time I snuck into a hospital on accident like after hours like <laughs> no say it real quick yeah no I I make a joke in my stand-up that I have resting approachable face okay. um yeah and I literally at one point I broke my foot and like had to go and get my like uh, my files and I like saw I walked in like saw the security guard and was like oh hi how's it going went up to like the the um 
the hospital room, whatever, um, and realized like, oh, there's nobody around here. And I like go and try to open the door and it was a hundred percent locked. And I was, that security guard was definitely supposed to stop me, but just didn't because I was just like, hi, you know, people will trust you. People will trust you if you let them trust you, you know, don't give it's them the a confidence. reason to not. Yes. It's the confidence. And also don't make eye contact, then they won't stop you. <laughs> uh, yeah. Confidence, don't make eye contact. They will, they'll just be like, they'll keep on engaging in their own little world, you know? It's good stuff. That's great. Okay. Well, Amanda, this was this was amazing. I'm so glad we did oh, this. I, I loved every second of this. Uh, yeah. Where can the people find you? What are you What are you doing? Yes. So I am at kind of touchy feely on Instagram. Um, oh, can you tell your bio really quick? Because your my bio. bio. <laughs> my bio. My bio is a uh, lady comic in the streets, Jesus freak in the sheets. Um, That's my favorite bio. I love that. Yeah. I laughed out loud when I read that. Great. Um, uh, I am on TikTok at Amanda Ryan Clark. It's Ryan in the middle spelled R-I-A-N-N. Um, I am on YouTube also, Amanda Ryan Clark. I think my Twitter is Amanda C1123. And I think my Venmo is also Amanda C1123. <laughs> If you guys. Oh, we should plug our Venmo. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> I don't have Venmo. <laughs> but I will use Josh's, so that's fine. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> and I'm uh, at Josh Volcano on Instagram and TikTok and Twitter, but I don't really use Twitter. And David. I'm on david.rdh on Instagram, and I am also on TikTok, even though I still haven't posted, even though on the first. I know. You heard it. On the first episode, I said I would use it more. I haven't yet. Please be patient. Don't I say thing. Try. That's another thing. That's another pro tip I was going to give in this podcast what? is like, don't oh, yeah. say the thing that you want to do because that releases the dopamine in your brain as if you've yes. already done it. And it makes, so Ooh. you have to like, when I did script timber, I couldn't tell anybody about it uh, yeah. because like you have to like make those goals just for yourself. So you actually finish them. So, so well, pro tip. Okay. As you guys right heard, Amanda just told you guys, <laughs> I will never use TikTok. So that's great. <laughs> <laughs> Love um, it. Okay. And, and we are at Creationship Goals on Instagram, Woo. even though we, yes. at this point we haven't posted anything yet because we're recording first and then posting. <laughs> but that is where you can find our podcast on Instagram. And mm-hmm. at with that, we will say thank you and mm-hmm. good night. Goodbye. Adios. So long, farewell. And I need to say so goodbye. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. <laughs>